Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started now. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break. The Jimmy Butler wishes that he were Luka Doncic edition. I am J-Mac, your host, joined by Kyle Beach. Josh VG is out this evening. Kyle, what's going on, my man? What up, man? I wish Josh was here to get his take on on our edition here, but I do not want Jimmy Butler to be Luka Doncic. I want Luka Doncic to be Luka Doncic, so I'm, I'm good on that, but I, I love... Uh, the young the young kid getting some love already. The respect it was really respectful. Bro, like, that's real. He's I, twenty. I heard it when I like when I first read it. I didn't take it how he said it, Jimmy Butler. And then I okay. I saw him. I saw a clip of it. It was like this was way more respectful than I felt like it sounded on just Twitter kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, I I saw it live, and he was like, it was definitely respect, and I, I yeah, mean, oh, it definitely. speaks to speaks the volume of you know what these elite players and that's a great player and a great defensive player saying that um i think these guys just see what luca brings to the table at that age and they're just thinking about where their game was when they were 20 and just being like holy shit that's you know the ceiling is is astronomical here yeah mercy almighty that's just i mean it's one of those things like it's not like jimmy butler's like uh a complete veteran in the league yet, but he's been around a while. So nah, it's like, he's a veteran, dude. I mean, well, he's he is, but like nine years, like yeah, but he's not like a LeBron, like tw- on the twilight of his career quite yet. No, either. and he doesn't have the more. You know, you probably think of him as a veteran if he had a ring, right? Because that's still he's got yeah. a lot of tenure in the league. It's true. He just hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, granted, situations haven't been amazing outside of last year. It, it really isn't talked about enough. We we we've ripped on tom thibodeau plenty on this show but it is not talked about enough that he completely wasted the beginning of jimmy butler's prime yeah that i mean that relationship was just kind of doomed from the start for sure but yeah in in a short time but but i mean this miami team he said it he he, you know in that same interview uh they later on go on to ask him if they you know he expected this kind of success when he went to miami and he said yeah like that's why i signed here and when he signed there, I was kind of like, Miami, like, that's like a fringe-level all-star team in the Eastern Conference. But, I mean, we're, we're proven wrong here. I mean, so Bam is obviously playing at a way higher level than we expected, and they're getting crazy rookie production. But it's a team that's clearly going to be there. Are they the Dallas of the East? Yeah, as far as a dark horse that's still competitive, but probably really has a there. very small percentage of winning the conference. Yeah, but it, well, it's not a team I'm trying to see in the first round by any means. Definitely not. Those, Same with Dallas. Exactly. They just feel like one of those teams that wants to disrupt just enough, just there to do enough damage. When they play hard and the guy we're all really fond of on this show, Spolster's a great coach, whether people want to give him the credit or not. He's so is a Carlisle. fantastic coach. So it's is true. Carlisle. Same kind of thing. Yep. It's the, almost the exact same situation. And I mean, once again, it's a Pat Riley type design where, of course, they're going to be competitive. They're always competitive in a way. They haven't been as good the last few years. And, of course, like you go from LeBron James and D-Wade along with Chris Bosh. I mean, it's a tough act to follow, right? Like, how do you follow that up? So, like, they've kind of resurrected from the ashes. And Dude, I mean, this has been a really quick turnaround just getting that that sign. I mean, and that's what Pat Riley does. Whether we all – what we all thought about it going into it was – probably not as high as as he was and i mean if you look at the other teams in the eastern conference outside of the bucks right the bucks are clearly the class of the east all these teams have major flaws right right like the 76ers played the fifth worst defensive game in nba history last night dude 
I mean, uh, it's terrible. Are we out on Brett Brown? Is that is that a thing? I've been saying no. Like you got to give him time. I think you got to be out after that. Dude, you have he's had so elite much time. defenders out there, and I know the roster's banged up, but you still have elite defenders at some positions. You have incredible size, and you give what hundred and I don't even remember how many points, but the defensive rating was like one forty nine. It was the worst defensive rating this year, and the fifth worst in NBA history. Let me pull up some numbers here real quick. Babble on yeah. about how bad the Sixers are for a moment. Well, while you while you do that, I'm also going to talk about the holes of the other quote-unquote class of the Eastern Conference, right? I mean, I think, obviously, Milwaukee, we thought coming into the season, was maybe the best team in the East. Clearly looked like that 10 games in. Now it's just an insurmountable uh, gap. But you look at the Celtics, your Celtics, I, I can't get a feel for this team. I mean, it's incredibly bipolar. They, they smash... You know, they smash Philly with Embiid in the lineup. They they turn around, they struggle with the Hawks. They're losing games by 30. And, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. It, it, it really doesn't. I, I don't really know how to get a read on them either, you know? I, I feel like I've watched – like, they'll go out and just absolutely slaughter Philly, but then lose to Charlotte. Right. You know, that kind of thing. I, I, I don't know if that's – an indictment on Philly, for instance, but like they're like they beat Philly and then turned around and got beat by the Suns the other night. Like, true, you know. So it's it's like you said, very hot and cold, very bipolar. Yep. I, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a read on them either, man. I really don't. Other than I know they need to make a move. They need to do something to help stabilize oh, we'll whatever's going in. on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that in the trade rumors because yeah. they, they definitely do, and I like some of the the things being floated out there for that team. For sure, uh, I was looking at these uh, the Philly numbers and everything though, and dude, give them to me. Al Al Horford is terrible with this team, and and, and that's I he don't was a minus believe 20. Al's skill set has diminished that much from last year because he was still a pretty good defender last year, and he right. was really knocking down the three ball. Right, but like he doesn't have that opportunity on this team. That's not it's not really built that way. I think it's an Embiid thing more than anything. So this is a, a shout out to Josh. He had the worst plus. Uh, he sorry, he had the second worst plus minus on the team that in this game. Uh, it was first Miami. They they Miami beat them one thirty seven to one oh six. Like you said, one of the worst defensive performances I've ever se- you've seen. I've seen. What do you think? The so Al Horford had the third worst def- plus minus on the court. What do you think that was? Minus. 18 minus 24 it's absurd now mike scott was minus 25 and your boy ben simmons was minus 31 that's bad but ben simmons in fairness is playing against a lot more starters than those other dudes are definitely and i'm not trying to get well i mean mike scott played 18 minutes yeah so i mean decent amount of time not not enough to really you know compare against the others but like just in general dude like this team stinks. Every single person had a minus, plus minus in this game. That's hard to do. That's really tough. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm with you. I think there's there's a lot of holes there. I think if you look at the other teams in Toronto and Miami and Indiana to a lesser degree, I think Indiana is definitely that, that sixth spot. Miami and Toronto are extremely consistent. And I think I know what I'm going to get out of them. And I, I somehow trust those two rosters more than Philly or Boston's, even though they're less talented, probably. Yeah, I don't hate that take. And Indiana so well, Indiana suffers really badly from not having a top 15 player. But the, the biggest thing about everything I just said real quick with Philly, Toronto, Miami, uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw Indy uh, in that mix in Boston, is that their best players just nowhere near Giannis. And, right, you could say no right. one is, but five of the six best players in the league are in the West, right? And having the right. best player in a series matters, and that's just not going to happen in the Eastern Conference, and it's not going to be close. Not whenever you have a total, a team total of three steals in a game and one <laughs> block, one yeah. block, and you're designed to be the biggest team in the league. Now, granted, Embiid's not playing, or no, he did play in this game. Excuse he did me. play. Um, I... I I've had it in my head for a while that he's not playing, even though he yeah, has he was been. supposed to be out longer. I think Josh yeah. Richardson was out that game though, and he is a good defensive player. Right. I mean, th- that's just absurd. Like this is a team that's made to be big, and they can't even block around the rim at all. Like that's absurd to me. And I, 
I just I agree with you about Indiana, but I they have they have Vic coming back, and I think that's going to make a big difference. They've just got to figure out that that chemistry a little bit. I think right, but Vic being your the best player in the series versus a series where he's with against Giannis, it's just that's that you can't yeah. make up that difference. You know what I'm saying? And but it's, it's like a better every, supporting cast. Like they have much better supporting cast than the Bucks do. But I agree they, with that. I agree with that. But as I always say, and that that's why I, I chose Toronto last year. They had the best player, and I'm always going to take the team with the best player in the series, unless the total team is that much different. It's true. I I 15 uh, Cavs versus Warriors, 07 Cavs versus Spurs. When it's that much of a discrepancy between the total roster, sure. But you're looking at these current rosters. I I mean, the Bucks supporting cash, you got a bunch of 40% three-point shooters out there. I think they're pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't trust them in the playoffs. I've told you on this podcast, I don't think they're going to win the East. Correct. But I mean, I, <laughs> I might be Crow here. Yeah, I mean, I... I could see that, but I think, I don't know, man. Like, the Pacers, too, feel like one of those teams as well that it's just one of those I don't want to see in the first round. Yeah, you know? but they, they but, don't concern me. I mean, I think. No, I but I mean, I, I'd, be con- the- I'd be concerned if I were like Philly. I guess you wouldn't see them in the first round, but you know what I'm saying. Like, some of these teams that have major holes, I wouldn't love that as a Celtics fan either. No. I still think but, the Celtics are a much better team. Yes. But I. I I think Toronto is the only one that matches up truly against the Bucks. That's that's my take. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna stick with my 76ers take because I picked at the beginning of the year. Um, gonna go down with that not, ship, huh? Not not feeling great. I mean, when we get in the playoffs, maybe I'll pick a new team. But I, I like to try to stay consistent as I did last year, and I felt nervous about Toronto at points last year, and I, I rode them out. But Toronto, as I've said multiple times on the pod here, is, they match up with the best with the Bucks. They can throw the most bodies at Giannis. They had the experience doing it last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. They can build that wall. They have a lot with Ibaka and uh, Siakam. I mean, you just—that's the best two-man rotation against Giannis defensively. Yeah, in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference, yeah. Yep. Interesting. It, it's it's a lot of bleh once again, though, right? Yeah. It, it's like these teams aren't really that exciting, and you've got. You're you're damn near like you're you're looking at the eighth, the seventh and eighth seed that don't even have records over five hundred in this conference. I mean, in in the West is is like that too, but and it's the gaps closed. Like the top six in the West are a lot more similar to the top six in the East than it was five or six years ago or three or four years ago even. And there's been a lot of takes that maybe the East is better than the the West now, and I just I I, I still can't get there. I still I don't see that. The top teams in the Western Conference are so much better. Um, I do. If we're, I know we got to talk some some All Star game. I know we got to talk some trade rumors. Yes, I do want to gloat on Zion's stats real quick. That Josh was texting me and, and talking to me at work today about. He's like, "Shit, dude! Like, you might be right." Is basically what he was saying, but in a in a very Josh way where he didn't want to tell me that. But sure, the guy's averaging nineteen point five points. Like, he's gonna be able to score, right? He's Pretty averaging nine. <laughs> Pretty good. 19.5 points. He's only playing 26 minutes. I like that they're they're ramping the minutes up pretty in a pretty expeditious way. 67% from three. That's not gonna last. The guy's taking no. six threes. He's yeah. taking he's taken two since since that game. And they're also uh, leaving him wide open because they know that he can't hit that shot. <laughs> right. But you know, his two point field goal percentage is 61. That's good. That's what that's I expect. What matters. Free yeah. throw's gotta change. It's at 53. He's gotta get into the mid sixties and be respectable. Yeah. He'll get there. But nineteen and five, uh, I mean, on nineteen five and eight point two in twenty six minutes is fantastic. Twenty four and a half per. More importantly, and uh, he now that he's played six games does qualify for advanced metrics. Twelfth best defensively in uh, defensive advanced metrics, defensive rating. Interesting. Yeah, and, and Giannis is second, so it's an important stat. Josh is Josh is big on it as we could all expect. So just really excited from what, what I'm seeing out of him. They are playing a game against the Bucks tonight that uh, Josh was uh, letting me know Zion was kind of taking it to him, but to yeah, be they, they crawled back, but they didn't make it. Or excuse me, Giannis was taking it to, to Zion. Well, but. well, yeah, I mean, of course. It was a pretty nasty block right around the rim. You'll see it later. It's it's going to be all over the place. Giannis is a grown-ass man. I mean, he's yeah. he's been in the league 
five years now, six years now. I mean, he's he's put a lot of weight on that frame. He's he's a stronger guy than Zion, as Josh said, and it, it, that shocks me. I think it, it's mm. surprising to most people, but it really shouldn't be, right? It like, doesn't shock me. I I would fully expect Giannis to be handling him because it's a matter of sheer athleticism at that point and just experience of how to guard an NBA center. Or a I, I think it's part of that, although I would argue Zion's is explosive. He's, he's actually, I don't know if he's more athletic than Giannis because of Giannis's length, but he's more explosive and he's going to be stronger. But just think about where your body was at 19 versus 24. Sure. Like the kid's got to get out of that baby fat and turn it into muscle and have some NBA offseason workouts. But that dude's going to be the strongest player in the NBA, barring injury. Yeah, barring injury. That's the biggest thing. Correct. And we've been on the, the same side as this. Like, Josh has had long, I'm sure he's going to love me bringing this up, but he was long on the record of saying he would take Ben Simmons over Zion easily any day. And while the jury's still out on that, I still love the upside potential of Zion. In my, in, in my mind, I think that's more valuable. Yeah, I mean. I'm, versus a guy I'm, that can't shoot. Right. I mean, Zion's somehow a better shooter, you know what I mean? So. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. there's there's lots of things to, lots of moves to be made. I think that that's, I guess we can, well, I guess we should talk about the All-Star game first and we'll get into like trade rumors and stuff like that. But just on the trade market in general, like I think it's going to be really interesting to see what teams do. And like Woj, I, I heard him on, I think he was on Rosillo's show the other day and he was saying that it's been relative, like even more quiet than usual at this point. And yeah. And I think, like, with as much movement as you had this past summer, that's not maybe as surprising as you may think it would be. And there's just there there are moves to be made. I just don't know what all they're going to be. The trade deadline's Thursday, so it's coming up quick. Yeah, it is. And and I mean, there seems like there's a lot of suitors and and some pretty good kind of B level stars or B level players getting floated out there. But as you said, I mean, when 40% of the league moves in an offseason, you can't expect the trade deadline to be as juicy, right? And I mean, I know we could throw stuff in the trade machine. We can read rumor reports on Hoops Hype all day. But at the end of the day, I don't know how many of these deals actually get done. Oh, a small percentage of them. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, teams like Dallas and the Lakers and, you know, all that are going to be checking in on like Robert Covington. Of course they are. You're going to do your homework. Of course they are. <laughs> you mean Robert Covington that you have to give up two first round draft picks for? Yeah, but but my point is you're doing your homework, and that's what te- yeah. that's all teams are do have been doing up to this point. So I, it's, yeah, I agree with that 100. percent I just think it's I just had to get that out there that I think it's absolutely insanity that the Timberwolves are wanting two first round draft picks. Oh, Although if we'll they're assuming it's from a competitor, it's going to be a low end first round draft yeah. pick. So I get it. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. We'll definitely get there. But it's, you want to break. Leads to an interesting trade deadline, but man, like, <laughs> well, let's bust into this All Star Game stuff here for a second. So I want, like, I want to start this off. Do we want to talk about players in it, or do we want to talk about format first? We can we can talk about the format first, and you can you can enlighten me a little bit because I mean I feel like I need an engineering degree from MIT to to try to break this thing down. I mean, dude, it's so complicated. It doesn't. It, it's already a product that's hard to digest that the viewership's going down. I think it maybe increases this year because of Intrigue. the timing of the Kobe events, but yeah. I mean, this just seems ridiculous. Run us through. Yeah, I'll run through the, the rules, but I, I just, to me, all this, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up with that. So, all right, so starting off, so the, the NBA put out this graphic that's in like size fourteen font. It's got one. It's got eight bullet points that ha- that are at, at minimum of four lines long each. So this thing Perfect. is hefty, and it just gives me tired head just looking at the graphic. All right, both NBA All-Star Game teams will play for Chicago-based community organizations as selected by team captains Giannis and LeBron. Fine. The teams will compete to win each of the first three quarters, all of which will start with the score of 0-0 zero to zero and will be 12 minutes long. I hate that. Thoughts. <laughs> I hate that. Why? Why not just play for a, a five hundred grand prize and a hundred thousand dollar runner up in those two charities, and just play a normal game and just keep normal effing score? Right, and just give the money to charity. Don't make this complicated. All right, 
at the start of the fourth quarter, the game clock will be turned off and the final target score, all capitals on each of those, will be set. The final target score will be determined by taking the leading team's total cumulative score through three quarters and adding 24 points, the 24 representing the late Kobe Bryant's uniform number. Right. So if it's 198 at the end of the third quarter, which will actually not be that score, you'll have to add up the first three scores since we're doing this individually. Whatever that cumulative score is after three quarters, plus they take the highest score and right. then add 24. So in my example of 198, it'd be 124. First team to get their win, so the team losing would need to score 26. Like, yeah, I could figure it out, but, but what you watch the hell? basketball all the I mean, time. We're trying to sell a little 10 year old and 12 year old kids on this. Right. And it's a. It's a function of a function is kind of how this is starting to it, it's so confusing. All right. And, and it, it it's not it's really not that confusing, but it's just it makes you tired. Seems unnecessary. Like it's, I don't want to come home and read, you know, a three-page document to prepare myself for an All-Star game. Thank God J.R. Smith is not playing in this game. He would have no idea what the fuck the no score is. No fucking idea. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think anybody else would either. All right. Once the final target score is set, the teams will play an untimed fourth quarter, and the first team to reach the final target score will win the NBA All-Star game. So you play three quarters for no reason. You reset the scores, all to go back, add them all back up together, take the highest, and add 24 to that, and then have a situation where you take 16 threes and you make eight of them and the game's fucking over with. Correct. What are we doing here? This feels like the NBA wanted to change this to make it more exciting and then stuff Kobe Bryant jerseys into it. Yeah. It's I mean, disrespectful. It's it's not disrespectful, but it's kind of disrespectful. No, I mean, it's opportunistic there it capitalism. There it is. At its finest. There it and is. let's not pretend it's anything else. Right. Let's just be real about that. But they will. That's what drives me crazy. Right. And don't that, mind what you're doing. Just be honest about it. Right. So then I got into reading about the charity and how that works as far as how they're going to give to charity. Okay. 100,000 at the end of each quarter, correct? Uh, dude, let me just read this to you because I I took a break three times throughout this <laughs> to try to like go back and, and re-understand what's happening. Okay. As part of the NBA All-Star 2020, more than a million dollars will be contributed to Chicago community nonprofit organizations through NBA CARES out, uh, outreach efforts. These efforts will cul culminate during the NBA All-Star game when each team will play for a Chicago-based charity beneficiary as selected by team captains Giannis and LeBron. Okay? okay. Th that's pretty straightforward, I think. The community organization selected by the winner of each of the first three quarters will receive $100,000, a total of $300,000 donated to charity for those three quarters. The winner of each of the first three quarters will be the team with the higher score at the end of the 12-minute quarter, obviously. The team winning in the NBA All-Star game, i.e. the team that reaches the final target score, will earn $200,000 for its community organization. If the first or second quarter ends in a tie, the $100,000 charity award for that quarter will be awarded to the next quarter's award. If the third quarter ends in a tie, the $100,000 charity award for that quarter will be awarded to the awarded team to the NBA All-Star Game winner. If one team wins each of the first three <laughs> quarters and reaches target final score first, $500,000 will be donated to the winner of the team's charity and $100,000 will be donated to the losing team's charity. What the fuck, dude? Like, what the fuck? That's so confusing, man. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, just, 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 oh my God. I just don't understand. I, 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 again, I get it all. I understand how it works. I don't understand why it has to be this complicated. And this is exactly what I kind of fear for with them trying to force a tournament down players' throats this way, because it's it's not really that well thought out. Now, I did laugh quite heartily whenever you told me that Adam <laughs> that that it, apparently it was Chris Paul's idea. Like, why is Chris Paul making these decisions? I don't understand that either. Doesn't that just give you tired head? Listen to me read all that. It upsets me. It's a lot more upsetting knowing Chris Paul concocted all of this. That's hilarious because I've been looking for a way to make fun of Chris Paul again for quite some time, and he hasn't given me much way to do it. Let me ask you this. Are you going to watch the game? Ah, dude, it depends. I'll throw it on if I'm around and I don't have anything else to do. I'm not I'm going to watch the first and the fourth quarter. 
Well, the good news is that <laughs> those are pretty much erased from history throughout <laughs> throughout this game. So I, I well, just I find it that's when I figured confused. the good players will be playing, and then in the fourth quarter we can actually see who quote unquote wins. Yeah. It just feels like a like you said, a money grab. And that's crappy. And I'm yeah. you know me, I'm not even the biggest Kobe guy, but he still re- deserves that respect. Yes. Agree with that completely. So it's one of those things where it, like you said, it, too, it's just kind of almost, this is a bad way to say it, but convenient. And that's shitty. So yep. anyway, I think this is going to, I don't think this is going to draw any more fans than it would have otherwise. Do you? No. I mean, if anything, I think it's doing the opposite and maybe deterring. I think it'll, it's probably a, a, a One and done, net yeah. zero result, honestly. I mean, people are going to be a little more tuned in. Like I said, because of the timing of the Kobe stuff. Right. That's a good point. I, it doesn't I have even anything to do that. with the product, though. It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with the product. But the league's probably going to conflate it with that, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, if watch. they look at the numbers and say, hey, I mean, we had, you know, our viewership's up. They're going to think that it was a s- successful change. Chris Paul will get a pat on the back. Right. Not realizing that it's obviously a lot more Kobe incentive or a lot more Kobe driven than people are realizing. And obviously they're going to take that into consideration in some way, but I just, think that it's convenient for the league in a way yep. and it kind of shows that it kind of forges ahead a little bit of an agenda that they likely had to begin with and they were just kind of looking for something to kind of push that ahead and this works out in a very convenient way so agreed i just i think it's let's, all very unnecessary yeah let's uh let's break down these rosters yeah. Of the All-Star game. I want to get into some of the other the other stuff on All-Star Weekend too that I like, I think, more than maybe maybe some people. But uh, across the board, just kind of looking at the start starters, no qualms for me in the first eight, arguably nine. Giannis, LeBron, AD, Harden, Embiid, Kawhi, even though Embiid and Kawhi need to play more. Luka, Siakam, Kimba, Dicey, but I think he, his stats are still pretty good. I think he means a lot to that team. Trey Young won. It's tough because 29 and 9 is incredible. But if you cannot guard anybody, you shouldn't start in an all star game. Dude, so I was bitching to you the other night. I went to the Mavericks Hawks game. That team, that Hawks team freaking stinks. They do. Dude, they They were so bad. Dallas, I mean, Luca and KP were both sitting. Obviously, Luca's hurt, but KP was sitting because it was the second night of a back to back. And they ran them out of the gym, dude. They were so bad. And, I mean, Trey Young just gets fleeced constantly. That's and, the thing is I don't care how much you score if, you, if you're giving up a bucket on the other end constantly. Uh, exactly. Guys What's think I'm point? exaggerating. Like, there are dudes in L.A. Fitness that would give Trey Young buckets. Yes. Very, very easily. Easily. And I just, I, I think that's a huge knock on him. And I, I don't think that. I mean, the team around him is just as terrible. So there's nothing, but like he doesn't have yes, any. The record is not his fault. It's not, but he doesn't. It's exactly what Josh talks about all the time, though. He doesn't make people around him better at all. It's just weird. I mean, he averages nine assists a game. He's like second or third in the league in assists. Well, yeah. And again, that team stinks, though. And they're very. It's got to come from somewhere. I get that. Right. And he's at like he is going to. Like I think what my concern for him is that he's waiting around for the team to put pieces around him to make up for his deficiencies. That's a dangerous game to play. Right. That's a game of Russian roulette every time. And and then he's going to turn around and bounce on him. You know, and I mean, that could very well happen, but I, I see the value, but I mean, you're going to tell me that someone like Bradley Beal is looked over because of... That's what I'm saying, dude. I put Bradley Beal, and this might be... A hot take, but I got Bradley Beal over Trey Young, over Kyle Lowry, and over Russ, honestly. And I mean, it's hard because Russ averages 26, 8, and 7 and is on, you know, a, a fourth or fifth seed team, and Bradley Beal is on an awful team. And But he's a better player than Russ. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is. Russ I mean, can't guard anybody either, in no. fairness, but he can guard much better than Trey Young. Well, yeah. I mean, I think isn't he worst? Is it Trey Young worst in the league in defensive rating? Yeah, last year he was he finished last year dead last in guards, and he's he's pacing 
for that again this year or, or in that neighborhood. I mean, it's really bad as advanced metrics. And I mean, throw all that shit out. Just eyeball test. Dude can't guard a single point guard in the league. No. And, and I'm talking backup point guards like Raymond Felton is probably getting around this guy. Probably. Is he still around? She's using that beer belly. I, I, oh, I, 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 I'd have to get IT on that. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, uh, sounds good. We'll get the intro. Over, overall, though, I really like Sabonis on the bench is interesting. I'd have to go and see if I could find anybody that I'd put over him. I think I probably would. I think I might put Bradley Beal over him. Um, but guys that I like that I didn't necessarily expect to make it, um, Brandon Ingram, who I was very critical of a few episodes ago, really breaking down the numbers. He deserves to be on there regardless of what I think of his long-term trajectory. Um, and then Bam, I love seeing him get the love because, you know, Rudy Gobert's on there. Their numbers aren't too crazy different aside a little bit from rebounds and very similar the way they impact the game in the paint. Very similar. Like they're, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's like a different impact, but it's still really, really important. I think Bam might be team. a slightly better offensive player, but yeah, I mean, they both are just big, physical, protect, protect the paint. Gobert a little to a little bit more of an extent, but they 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 make you think twice before you drive and go right at them. And and I like seeing Bam get some love there. You and I have been talking about Bam for pretty much since he got drafted. Like I love yep. Bam; he's a great yep. dude. I thought this would be a big season for him, but he's definitely. I didn't think he'd be on the All Star team, so he's definitely outperformed. What do you think about Chris Paul being on there? I mean, he's upheld his part in OKC, and they're not terrible. No, he's playing great basketball. That's the thing. You know how I feel about him. Yeah, stats yeah. aren't insane. Strong agree. Se- seventeen, seven and five. But dude, he has a garbage ass team that I think Vegas is. What was Vegas over under on them? Like 31, 31 and a half, something like that. I know Josh's wasn't much higher than that. Yeah, and I, I, I went, I went over on that. I believe I need to go back and look at it. But he has them competing. They're, you know probably going to make the playoffs they're 30 and 20 so i've almost gone over before all-star game and i mean they're five games ahead of the grizzlies who are in the eighth seed yeah this team's going to make the playoffs unless something catastrophic happens here yeah i don't see any other way around it really i mean they're only a game behind the mavs for yeah. god's sakes yeah yeah they mavericks better be careful here i guess <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Mavs can finish anywhere from the four to seven slot. I just, I don't, that no, eight not is a hard team. drop off into that Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs territory. Although, if the Grizzlies seem to be able to ship Andre Iguodala out of there, apparently the team is going to be thrilled. So, who your man, your man, Iggy? Yeah, dude. Look, we can get to that in a minute if you want to. We can finish this <laughs> yeah, let's talk. real quick just talk about some of the other stuff going on um, All Star Weekend. You know, dunk contest, three-point contest, always really entertaining to me. It's something I actually enjoy watching more than the game itself sometimes, uh, but even though you're not getting the, the best of the best usually. I love the Rising Stars Challenge. It's something I've been a, a huge fan of. Uh, and they used to do rookies versus sophomores, and now they're doing this Rising Stars, which is rookie and sophomore, so first and second year guys, but it's U.S. versus the world. And you look at the rosters – could not be could not be more stoked here. I mean, on the U.S. roster, I'm not going to read everyone, uh, but you're getting Triple J, you're getting John Morant, you're getting Zion, you're getting Trey Young, all you know, all on the floor at the same time. The world roster, man, you're getting Shea Gilgis, you're getting yeah. Luca, you're getting DeAndre Ayton. Uh, that's a really fun game. Pretty good, and I think those guys are going to be trying a lot harder than the than the All Stars, just because you know. It's 20, 20 year old guys going hard and wanting to put on a show versus guys like LeBron and Kawhi are going to be very selective and methodical in that game. Well, and also, once again, the score isn't resetting after the end of every quarter. So. <laughs> Might as well. It's so stupid. Uh, skills challenge will be a lot of fun. I'm always gonna, good. I'm gonna, dude, it's always interesting because they throw big men in there and you're like, why is Sabonis and Bam in there? And then, like, who won it? Who won it a couple of years ago? Jokic won it a few years ago, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, I like I like Derrick Rose in that three point contest. Always a huge fan. You kind of got to lean towards Trey Young and think he's going to win it, but uh, you know you got Buddy Heald in there. You got Dame. I'm going to go Joe Harris for a little back to back three point contest. Yeah, I don't hate the take. I like Joe, and then my favorite. I just get. I don't think you've seen this dunk dunk uh, contest lineup yet. 
Because I oh, know no, you I have said it. something. Yeah, no, I haven't. So Warren it. Pat Connaughton is, is in it. You know, six six white dude. Little known, highest vertical in his in his draft class. Forty four inch vert dude can boom. We're gonna we're gonna learn about that. What? Aaron Gordon's in the mix. He's always really fun. Uh, Derek Jones got kid from Miami. We're uh, guy from Miami, kind of a, a role player, but really athletic. Your boy Dwight Howard. Like. I that know he is, lost a lot of weight, but I mean, what's he got left in the tank, dude? The, I don't know. And who's the tallest player to ever win a dunk contest? Isn't it usually that six five to six eight range? Yeah, usually. But he, I bet he still got it. I bet he still got some some things that he can pull off. I mean, he has been much. Be, I mean, granted, he's playing next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, so that's definitely helpful. But like. This is the first time we've talked about this. This is the first time that he's really embraced the actual back seat and been like, "Hey, I'm good with being right the Chris Bosh of this thing, which there's nothing wrong with Chris Bosh, but no. you know what I'm saying, like just not nearly as important. He as might D-Wade be more of like the Mario Chalmers, but no, I get I get your point. You know what I'm saying though, point. still yeah. Im- but still not as important as LeBron and you know D Wade in that scenario, right? And I think he's bounced around from one locker room to another and we've discussed some of those strange things. Maybe it's best he's in LA now, (laughs) but like, I just, you got to think that the mental attitude about it is different. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just finally in a state where he's, you know, matured to some degree. He's a lot younger than people think because he came out of high school and, whether he really wants to win a championship or not, because that's always kind of been his knock is how much of a competitor is Dwight. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if he really has turned that switch to where all of a sudden it's just all about winning, mm-hmm. but it's about him being happy when he plays basketball. We've talked about it on here before, and I think he's happy in this situation and that's going to lead to success. I, I think so. I think, for, I, him, I, for him, for like him, he's having a successful yes. season. Yes, absolutely, especially by anyone's standards, but especially by his and the track record there. But I think I've I've kind of come back down to earth, and I, I'm still I'm back on the Clippers. By the way, I meant to, I wanted to make sure that that was on the record. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I put that I, in there. I'm I'm back on the Clippers. Like I, I understand that the switch to, to the Lakers really quick. Emotionally reading that LeBron statement, but I well, I, I got I got you there too. So you did. But I, I picked the six Clippers at the beginning, and and I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, same. Um, I'm I'm. I, I guess after this whole big LeBron tribute and everything the other night to Kobe, and then Dame walking in there and shooting the fucking lights out was just sucked just the soul out of the building, man. Dame was like, "I'm doing it for Kobe. Fuck all of y'all," and dropped 48 and single handedly beat them, dude. So I mean he's on a, a tear right now. And he does that. He does this once a season where he just has this 12 game stretch where like is his team the best guard in the league? Dude, I know. But like imagine him on a good team. Yeah, but he just he's going to have to after this terrible contract, whatever he's got left in the tank, go somewhere else cuz like he has to be the second it's, best player. Oh, it's not going to be there. You can't have a 6-2 guy be your best player. No. And win a championship. <laughs> No, and God knows they tried. They had they, I mean, a lot of different concoctions. I mean, even back to the LMA stuff. I challenge all of our listeners, look at the last 25, go back 30 years. Find me a team that won a championship. Their best player was 6'5 and under. And I think the one you're going to find is Isaiah Thomas is going to be the first one. Wait, they are, they are under 6'5? Six, 6'5 five? Six, five or under. Who's the best player on the team. So you're gonna hold that up to sh- your, so that's like a knock on Shaq. Is that what you're telling me? No, 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 no. There's no. There's been no team win a championship where their best player was six five or shorter. Oh, shorter. Okay, I I misunderstood. My fault. That's right. why I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your your only argument besides that Isaiah Thomas team in ninety or ninety one was hmm. D Wade in 06 was the best player on that team, and he's six four. That's the one. Aside from that, though, you go back and look at it. It's it's, and you're, I mean, you're maybe right. you can make you can make an argument for actually. I stand corrected. Steph in fifteen, yeah. but Josh and I yeah. broke this down, and it was a lot of six six to 
centers. Like it's a lot of that right. range where your best player has to be that high. And I say all of that because of the Dame point of like, I love Dame. I think he's incredible. I think he's one of the most gifted guys in our league, but I don't know if you can win a championship with a point guard and a six, two guy being your, your best player. Yeah. And I, and again, Lord knows they tried all kinds of different <laughs> concoctions to try to make that happen and tried to compliment him. And it never got him over the hump, no matter what the competition is. Now, granted, during that time, they ran into the buzzsaw that was the best team of all time. So, I, like, they yeah. that wasn't exclusive to them. It's unfortunate had, timing. It's unfortunate timing, but they had some really bad losses during those times. They did, but even if they get through that, then they run into the buzzsaw of LeBron James. And it's like, <laughs> right. now, now you got Alfreak Aminu guarding LeBron for seven games. I was like, I don't like that. No, no, 100%. So, like, the, the, the timing was definitely unfortunate, but that's part of the game. Correct. And it doesn't always work. Sometimes you take your shot and it doesn't work and you got to kind of go from there who wins all-star mvp i'll give you my pick i'm hedging trey young do you think so he might just say fucking shoot 53s yeah there's definitely a world where that happens if you play this game 100 times there's like five times where trey young just takes more shots than the rest of his team you don't think james harden would want to be that guy though he does that on a nightly basis. Right. I think Trey Young feels like he has a lot more to prove. He doesn't, you know. Harden's got the MVP. Can I go? Can I go dark horse and go with Dame here? Oh, I mean that's not a dark horse. I guess it isn't if you look at the odds. But I love that pick. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go with Dame. It's gonna be one of those like short guys. It's like I gotta prove myself. Holy shit! Make twelve threes. Sorry, I, I I've got the Lakers game, the Lakers uh, San Antonio game on behind you. And uh, they just showed a picture of Dwight Howard next to Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> it's probably disturbing where Jeff's uh, yeah, like up to his face waist. is lined up there. Yeah, um, really weird, um, but yeah, it, it, I, I'm going to go with Dame here. I think that's the way to go. Okay. Yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been so damn good lately. He's yep. been shooting the lights out every single night. So uh, right. I'm excited for it. Everybody turn that. tune into the the uh, nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central Rising Stars though on Friday. That's that's some good good stuff. You got nothing to do Friday. Just throw it on TNT. It's like uh, a step up from play. summer league kind of thing. Oh, for sure, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's worse than the NBA, but so step down from the NBA, but a step up from summer league. Mm. With these rosters though, it might be a little different, dude. It's I true. mean, you got fucking their starting lineup is like Trey Young, Ja. Uh, Triple J, Miles Bridges, and Zion. I mean, that's all people that athletic team. It is, but those are all people that you and I know about. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> that's our job. <laughs> yeah, Luca and Zion out there. That's yeah. That's no big. for sure. Yeah, but Luca's not going to play. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. So God, that that's going to hurt. I hope this isn't a Steph situation with his ankles, but no, dude, he's well, just going to take. We'll go time. down that rabbit hole another time when yeah. when more news comes out. For sure, yeah. We we're gonna we, we're gonna have a lot to talk about as far as trades and stuff come up, and I think they're gonna probably be involved. So let's dive into that a little bit. So I sent you and Josh a like five team, probably fifty plus player trade earlier, and said, "Would you do it?" I couldn't um, digest that. I mean, you basically just swat swat five rosters. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens. Um, I'm so okay. So what do you think? Let's just start with this. What do you think the biggest need is as far as like what's the what's the team with the biggest need in your eyes? Or what and are I'm the I'm going to say what's the biggest what's the competitor with the biggest need, yes, right? Cuz I don't really care what the the Hawks are trying to do. Sure. Uh, yeah. So there's I'm going to give you three that I've seen out here now. So Capella to the Celtics. Love that. I think that makes sense across the board. I think it's a great deal. I think him at 18 million, you know, two years down the road is going to look like a fantastic deal when you see what some of these centers are getting. It's obviously a huge need for the Celtics, as we as we've talked about, and it's the type of center. It's not just the position; it's the the rim running, rim protector that they need. And I think Houston's going to realize they need to blow it up. So I think this actually does them some favors in the long run as well, depending on the assets that they get back, whether it's a, a Marcus Smart and a, and a second rounder or something along those lines. We'll we'll see. But I do think that that makes sense for both teams. I don't. Uh, 
Dude, we've talked about this. I don't, I just have a hard time moving Marcus Smart because of how versatile he can be. Yeah, but I think you do it for Capella. Marcus Smart comes off the bench. Some, I mean, a yeah, lot of times. I, I know, but I mean, that team's kind of constructed that way. Correct, but I just think they have a lot of guys on the wings, and I know he's more of a guard slash wing, but they got a lot of wings, and they really, I mean, you. If you think you have a chance this year at all to win the Eastern Conference Championship, I don't think you go into the uh, playoffs with the rotation of, you know, Cantor and Grant Williams or Robert Williams or Tice. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah, and I mean, I've talked about that. You need... You need... So with that, what what potential trades have you heard about that would get him there? So I saw Marcus Smart in a second. That's why I, I okay. kind of floated that out there. That I've seen that they're not going to move. I mean, you can find ways to make money work, um, but they're not going to move Jalen or Jason in this trade. Neither of those guys are going to be involved. Hmm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. Right. Absolutely so not. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I had to think if you that. don't want to do a pick, also you can look at because the Marcus Smart straight up for Capella. I think that money works because you just need seventy five percent. Um, but you could also look like at a, a Marcus Smart and a, and a Tice or a Cancer, one of those two, uh, just to give some big man support back to Houston. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you would make that trade work. Okay. Yeah. It would have to be Marcus Smart, but I, yeah, I, I think you have to do it, especially for the financial control that you get as far as that. Yeah, because you get Capella for this season and then three more or three, two? Two more. Yeah. Two more. So, I mean, still, still, like I said, a great contract down the road. Um, another one that I've seen, your boy Iggy, who is just basically behaving like a kindergartner at this point. That's what I've been saying since it ha- started. And I like Iggy. Like, he's a really, like, thoughtful. I think he's a, a great basketball player, but also, like, a great guy to have on your team. But the way he's behaving right now is just kind of shitty. It's absurd. And, it, and they're the eighth seed. Like, they're a 500 team. Right. And uh, with a young You thought this core, team was going to be dog shit, and they're not. No. With a young core that seems to be gelling that could really use a veteran leadership. That's Dude, my John Morant and Triple J are fantastic talents. They're yeah. two of the 10 best players under 22 in the league. It's a shame that they're in Memphis because that's not going to work somehow or another. But... I'm just. Saying. I'm not ready to go there yet. Oh, I really I, like both of those guys a lot, but I, I know how you feel about them. that organization and just. I, I yeah, don't tr- I don't trust them. Uh, grit and grind was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen because they actually kind of put something together, but it was never made to work. It was never. It, it was never going to be a favorite to win a championship. Correct. Certainly. Yes, they were good, but they weren't. It was like good. just enough to keep the town entertained. But it, it's like if they played basketball in the '80s, less Magic Johnson kind of thing it just didn't really work well <laughs> so Iggy though so I've seen him be a suitor for a number of teams you know we've heard both the LA teams we've seen the Mavs out there which hey as much shit as I'm talking come to Dallas I'd love to see it we need that wing help I'm all set apparently on apparently the heat you're, you're good on that I'm all set on that the heat are a big suitor all of a sudden I believe keep it him, keep in mind yeah it's 18 million I think or 17 million but it's just this year right comes off the books after this Good chance he resigns for you know two for ten, two for eight, something very veteran minimum. Uh, maybe, maybe. How old is he? I forget. Thirty six. Yeah, he's been in the league a long time. So, yeah, I, I, just, I think he will show loyalty to whoever signs him. Actually, I really do, or whoever I, who makes a trade for him. Dude, I, I don't give Memphis a ton of credit, but I'm giving him credit here that they're holding his feet to the fire. Yeah, and they're saying we're not going to trade you. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. Let's just I love the purpose of this exercise, though. Yeah, I know you love that. I love that. If he goes to the Heat, that makes that team scary defensively. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you have scary a, in general, but specifically on the defensive end, right? Because you have another veteran wing that can come off the bench that can play substantial eighteen minutes or so and and really make. I mean, he's a Finals MVP now. That probably I don't know, but that should have gone to him, but. Still in the files MVP. Right. And so I just, we were talking, we talked about what have we seen out there that I love the fit. I love that fit for a number of reasons is it brings a 
great defensive wing, adds their already terrific defensive team, but it brings veteran leadership to that team who it's, you know, you're getting a lot of scoring out of none and out of Harrow, your rookies, Jimmy Butler and Bam have never won anything. So I think that's important to bring that kind of leadership to that team. Yes, 100%. And else? the other one that I like a lot um, that I've been seeing out there is just in general, I'd love to see Robert Covington go somewhere. I think T Wolf situation is terrible. They want two first rounders for him. I think that's a little rich. I'm not willing to give that up. I want him in Dallas so bad, though. I really do. But I, I, I would only give up one first round. I and I don't think, dude, we're we're so effed on giving up first rounders since you can't give up back to back ones. So you know, it's it's probably not a deal that gets done for Dallas. It's you know? not, and it's it's you're overpaying in that. Even even with that, dude, I don't know. He's worth a first-round draft pick. If you watch him play defense and he can hit an open three, how he would fit into not just his skill set, but how he would fit into the offense with Luka. Because he's just a bigger, stronger DFS, basically. So you can play him at the four. He's very versatile, can basically guard two through four, sometimes five if they're playing small ball. Yeah, no, I understand. He's the bigger fit. than you realize. Let me say that he's like six nine or ten with a seven one wingspan. I would want a top ten protection on that pick. Definitely, just in case. Sure, just in case. I'm, I'm good with that. And converts to two seconds the year after that. But because that's not going to happen with this roster, in my opinion. So I'm good with. I know, that. but say Luca gets hurt for and is out sure. a year, then look at what Golden State's doing right now. They're the worst team in the league, quote unquote. I'm with They're you. Not, but I think it would but, take a KP injury. I think this team without Luca and just KP is still a 500 team, for sure. But well, mm, they beat I, Indiana in Indiana last night, pretty 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 handedly, and I, so I, again against the Hawks. But I don't know if that's really you know. No, they uh they beat Indiana last No, time. I know. I'm saying and before that the Hawks without Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't know if that's decisive or not, but I, I just I would want a <laughs> top ten protection on that. I have to read this out loud because it's just a headline. I saw I don't want to dive into this. Nick's Hornets discussing deal involving Julius Randle, Terry Rozier, and others. It's like Dude. two shitty organizations that are panicking on two contracts they signed this year. Let's get rid of all of them. One, don't let me start on the Knicks. Two, like I've heard them in Talks of trying to acquire D'Angelo Russell. I've heard them trying to acquire Jalen uh, Brown. Like I've heard them trying to fucking acquire like, just just a gambit of things, just taking shots in the dark. And on top of that, they fired their GM today. Yeah, because he wanted to trade Marcus Morris. That's going to fix. That's going to fix the situation, though. That's the good thing. point. Very good point. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you and I even talked about it. They uh, they're they're appointing him to the board. Of uh, Steve Mills, they were pointing to the board well, of Madison. Keep him out, man. Don't th- don't be like, look, dude, you gotta leave, but you can stay on the porch if you want. Yeah, it's like, like, hey, just Kyle, go. You're God, off of uh, on the insulting. you're off of on the break, but I'm gonna have you run the office here at SLM. You know, like yeah, what are we talking terrible. about here? You know, like that's that's absurd. And I think what you do if you're if they really want Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown is you go to him and be like, look. Russell Westbrook got traded for two first-round draft picks. Paul George went for five. These guys are very young. We need six first-round draft picks from you, Jim. Danny Ainge and if James Dolan is willing to give you six first-round draft picks, then you do it. Yeah. Otherwise, out of here. Out of here. Danny Ainge would be the one that would be able to get that done, though. To be Danny fair. Ainge can't get the deal done. He just tells him to sell the team at the end. No, and he buys it. James yeah. Dolan bans, bans him from Madison Square Garden. Dude, just he's more worried about kicking fans out of the, the garden for criticizing his shitty record. His shitty management, I, I just don't understand. And, I mean, they truly have no plan. There's no plan whatsoever here. And they're just out there trying to acquire people for whatever. They have, like, eight power forwards on their on their roster right now. Yeah, it's like and James only one Madison got- Square Garden is like a ri- the rich kid in, like, elementary school. It's like you got this sick house, but nothing's inside of it. And he right. invites you over, and he's... You're like, what's going on here? And he's like, get the fuck out. Right. It's <laughs> basically what's happening in it's Madison Square Garden pretty on a much nightly what's basis. Yes, every time. And like, there's no plan. Like the, they have, they have eight power forwards or whatever on their roster, and one exactly one has trade value, and that's Marcus Morris. Oh, I'd say Julius Randle. Yeah, but he's considered a center. Right, but he's uh, like that's the first year of that contract, and it's not. It's a pretty big contract. I think I think him at twenty one is actually pretty good. Yeah, but teams absorbing that kind of payroll is another thing. Mm. Yeah, I just 
the more we look at this, dude, there's some bad deals in the NBA, and and having Julius Randle two for forty two is not the end of the world. Also, I mean, the Knicks signed Hardaway Jr. to that terrible deal, and it is working out great for the Mavericks. It's true. So, like, they're full of bad deals, and like that team is full of them. But there are some really bad deals around the NBA entirely. I've seen a lot of talk around the Timberwolves trying to move Wiggins, but uh, I saw just a few minutes ago that Golden State is moving on from D'Angelo Russell conversations with Minnesota. And that was yeah, so they're shopping. They're definitely shopping D'Angelo, but they're not going to, it's not going to be uh, to the Timberwolves, which there's been a lot of talk around that for a couple of months now. And I think it makes a lot of basketball sense, but yeah, that's not going to be, not going to be happening. So it'll be interesting to see if that deal gets done. That's the one that I think could be the biggest splash. And that could be the most fun for the league. Cause they really don't need D'Angelo Russell. Like he's the third no. best guard on their team, but could be the best guard on a lot of teams. So it's like, let's, let's move this around a little bit. And I think they got to trade for a big man. They, that would be, yeah. Well, yeah, but they've got or at least a forward. Like they don't. Well, hmm. well, what's the current construction of that roster? I mean, you're going to run Steph and clay at one, two, and you're right. going to run. And you're also in the in the prime position right now to draft Winston, and yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, you're tanking for a reason here because they're not going to be healthy this year. Neither of them, and even if they are, take your time. Yeah, the years I mean, already I trash. I don't really know who's part of this big picture plan besides Steph, Clay, and Dre. I mean. You know, Alex Burks played nice. I, yeah, I don't. Glenn I, Robinson, third, like that can't be part of the, the long term plan. I mean, that's these guys are getting a lot of minutes right now. I, I mean, said, that roster is going to look drastically different next year. Um, but, dude, think about it. Like, I and I, I just said Winston, I meant Wiseman. I was thinking Jameis. Winston. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Wiseman, I mean, that's adding a young 7 1, 235 center right there. Yeah. I Winston mean, is also a guard on Michigan State, but I knew you didn't mean the, the six foot. Definitely not. Dude, that looks like Pat Beverly. Yeah, over, and Raymond Felton had a child. No, I, um, <laughs> that's disturbing. That's good. That's another good. dude. Another one that I like seeing here is Nick's uh, reportedly having exploratory conversations on Lakers for Kyle Kuzma. It's like why? God. Why? Like Kuz is already going through a lot, man. Like he, LeBron's giving him shit. He has the Chris Brown. I'm going through a lot crackhead type of haircut right now. It's, it's really a mess. Do not send this guy to the Knicks Dude. just for his mental health. I think that should be, that should just be a stay away. Why would they require another big man? <laughs> I'm going to crack up when they saw, when they trade Julius Randle for Kyle Kuzma and the Lakers end up with Julius Randle again. And it's like, you could have just signed this guy for probably less money. Yeah. For a lot less money. And Fucking stupid. This, I don't know who's running the Knicks anymore. I don't even know who the coaches anymore. I really don't. But is James Dolan just going full Jerry Jones here and going to be GM? Does he just think that a team doesn't need guards? Is that is that the thinking here? I, Positionless basketball. And it's like that is not how that what that actually means is you have a bunch of athletes that don't have traditional positions. It doesn't mean you don't have guards that can handle the ball and score. Correct. <laughs> Positionless is a is not what it sounds like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I also like Cavaliers Tristan Thompson made available for trades. No known suitors at this time. That's not surprising. Yeah, yeah we know. Yeah, I'm, he's had an okay season. He could be. No, a, he's had a he's had a great season compared to the previous three. It's just like eh. I saw that there's no interest in Kevin Love whatsoever. Shock. The contract's awful. I mean, I, I think there's three for ninety four left on that thing. Josh gave me that on that episode. My hat nearly flew off. I was shocked at how bad that contract is i just <laughs> i don't see that value that's what i'm saying like when we talk about julius randall's remember kevin loves right like right, that's, yeah. that's that's i can stomach terrible. it i get it but i it's gonna be hard from a cap situation for a lot of teams agreed before we wrap up do we have a big splash trade or a bunch of small ripples or just a few small ripples here i, I think it's gonna be pretty quiet yeah, I really do. I think it's. I gonna, think D'Angelo might move. I think that's going to be the splash if it gets done. Yeah, I have no feel on where he'll go. I just, I think that could be really intriguing. I told you that I think that Philly would do well to have him, but I think you would have to trade Ben Simmons, like in order for that to work the right way. 
And I, just, I would rather trade. I don't him like pe- that basketball move for either. I really no. just don't like it for Golden State. I think if well, you could trade him, trade for Embiid, but Philly's just not going to do that. And you would have to throw so much more into that trade. But imagine having Ben Simmons facilitating between so Saints, D'Angelo Russell, Josh Richardson when he comes back, Tobias Harris, Horford. That that, that just oh, makes more sense. Yeah. Versus him and Embiid cannot figure out how to coexist. No, they cannot, and that's I, astounding. I really, because I don't see anything fantastic hap- talents. Right, for sure. I I don't see anything happening about it. I just think I kind of think Philly's window is already closed, and they don't realize. Yeah, I mean, it they played over 100 combined games together. I think at this point, so yeah, yeah I'm not optimistic. All right, man. Well, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. It's been a great hour. Lots of fun talk and everything. We miss Josh. He'll be back hopefully next week. I think. Um, yep. We'll uh, we'll get to it and everything. Uh, anything? Any other final thoughts? Anything to leave everybody with? No, just uh, can't uh, can't wait for this exciting All Star game. I know you're in the on the same page. I might watch it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, man. Out of here. Later. Later.